0: hello guys welcome to my podcast it's just so nice to have you here thank you so much for joining me so before we get started let's make sure that we are leaving reviews on my apple and my spotify when you guys get done with my episode make sure that you're going back to leave a review on either my spotify or my apple i would love 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 to get my reviews up so please please make sure that you're leaving reviews on my apple and my spotify So I feel like it's been a little while since we last talked and the reason being is because I've been really slowing down during these times, winter's approaching and I'm a lot less productive during winter and I just feel myself being a lot less like slower and introspective so I tend to just follow that rhythm. And I've been taking just so much time inward. I think it's so cool because I used to be a full moon girl and I love my cycles journal so much because if it was not for my cycles journal, I would, I, I would have never noticed this change. So I checked my journal and I realized that there's a repeating cycle on how on when my periods would start. And I'm realizing that I'm now transitioning back into the new moon. And I think it's just so cool because I've been a lot less slower, a lot less inward, and i just been planting so many new seeds for the new year, just thinking about like what do I want to do next year, what do I want to bring into life for next year and to see my cycle syncing up with that is just so beautiful to me if you don't know the new moon represents new beginnings it represents cleansing it represents rebirths and renewals and just this um new stage in your life you know coming into birth and so um, that's all I've just been feeling for these past few weeks. And then my cycle synced up with it. So it's like, oh, like, you know, so this is why I highly recommend getting a cycles journal. Use my code secret sharp for 10% off on yours because it's such an amazing Thing to have I bring it everywhere with me I just love to you know when I feel something in me or I feel a slight change occurring I just quickly write it down my cycles journal and I just love going back and just looking at like older pages and being like oh like this is what this this was happening to me on these days of my follicular um phase so I highly recommend A cycles Journal to any woman who is listening to this podcast. So yeah, just, just a quickly, weekly update with me and just where I've been. I've just been, you know, just chilling and taking just so, so much time to myself. And just, you know, just practicing inwardness and following my body's natural rhythm. I don't like to claim seasonal depression. I think the reason why a lot of people have seasonal depression is because they're not following their body's natural rhythm when their body is begging for stillness and begging for inwardness there's they're still going at it they're still very active they're still um they're not really listening to their bodies and I think a lot of seasonal depression comes from their body wanting to slow down their body wanting to um not do much and just be slow and you can still practice these things while having a job um while doing whatever but i think a lot of people ignore their body's medicine and so it sends out these very depressed these very depressing feelings because it's being ignored in some way and so when i learned to start just listening to that and being more inward, and actually slowing down, spending less time, I spend a whole lot less time on my phone, like usually I'm on my phone a lot, on social media, and um, because I do content create and I do love to content create. But during these times, my body is telling me, hey, get off your phone. Let's go outside. I want to um, cook something. I want to write. I want to drop in and meditate. I don't want to be on my phone. So when I started to like listen to that and and just follow that, I found myself not being as depressed during the winter times and not being as like anxious. And I found myself when I was ignoring my body's medicine I, that's when I found myself really anxious and depressed and just depleted. And so I just think it's just very important that during these times, right, for those who are struggling with seasonal depression, just check in with your body and see, like, what do my what is my body trying to communicate to me? Am I am I too productive during these times? Do my body just want me to be a little less productive and just drop in. And when you start listening to your body's medicine, I swear to God, like you won't really feel as depressed during these times. And I just think that these things are just so important to hone in. So let's drop into this episode. This episode is about hypersexuality and this episode is just so special to me because these are things that I just wish that I was told growing up right. And I grew up so hypersexual and I always over-sexualized myself and I have my reasons with being a sexual assault, su- sexual assault survivor and with me going through a whole lot of other traumatizing events in my life. It was very... It was. It's very important for me to come out this episode because I know so many women who struggle with this and a lot of you guys flooded my DMs with questions and sent me so many questions and thank you for that. Thank you for being vulnerable with me and allow me to answer these questions so we can come deeper into these truths because so many truths around women's sexuality has been lost and this is why our culture, right, because this podcast is going to be called How to thrive in a hypersexual culture, the reason why this culture is so hypersexual and over-sexualized is because so many truths around women's sexuality has been lost. So it's like a lot of women don't even know how to embody their sexualities because, again, so many of the sacred truths and knowledge around our sexuality has been lost and no one talks about it because we treat a woman's sexuality as if it's taboo and not meant to be spoken on. So let's identify what is hypersexuality. I have my notes right here. Yes, I've written down everything just to keep myself, you know, organized. Hypersexuality is an obsession with sexual thoughts, urges, and behaviors which can negatively impact you in others is to sexualize yourself and to sexualize yourself obsessively. Some of the causes of hypersexuality that I found amongst women is porn. And before you guys get mad at me, I literally could not believe how many women disagree with me when I said porn on my TikTok and it went viral. There was so many women agreeing with me, but there was also this equal amount of women who were disagreeing with me and telling me like oh porn does not breed hypersexuality you know you can watch porn ethically and we're gonna get into all of that but that's just a huge huge no for me porn is so harmful it breeds hypersexuality but we're gonna get into the details of that um outside influences pop culture music um magazines fashion rejection amongst peers and family so for me a lot of my hypersexuality came from the fact growing up I was not deemed as attractive so I felt like I had to be hypersexual and I had to oversexualize myself because if I didn't then boys wouldn't like me I wouldn't get the love that I wanted I wouldn't get what I truly desired and I could only get that through hypersexuality Um, Engaging with hypersexual men. So if you engage with men who lack sexual discipline, who are very hypersexual, they will soon encourage you to be that way. And I know this from experience. When I was back in school and I was sending nudes and... Um, doing all those things, it was because I had men who was um, there waiting to exploit me, encouraging me. And so when I started breaking off those connections with those hypersexual men and those men who lacked integrity and sexual discipline, I saw myself and my sexuality being more healthy and embodied. And I started to thrive within my sexuality because there wasn't these weak men around me waiting to exploit it. Um, another one is if you was raped or if you were sexually assaulted and I went through a lot of sexual assault in my life, so that one is very, very personal for me, um, as a form of rebellion, some teenagers become very hypersexual as a form to rebel. Even adults become hypersexual sometimes as a form to rebel. Um, Peer pressure and lack of education, we're going to get into that. Like, I think that the reason why hypersexuality in this culture is so high right now is because a lot of people lack the knowledge around the sacred truths of what a woman's sexuality is and a lot of people don't know how to embody that right and number eight sometimes it's just a means to to survive a lot of women become hypersexual and over sexualize themselves sex work because that helps them get the bills paid so it's important when you want to heal your sexuality that you are aware and you know the the root of where your hypersexuality comes from because a lot of people don't know the root. And this is why they stay in hypersexuality because they they don't know where it came from. And so sit down with yourself and just ask yourself, that's the first step is where did this come from? Why do I feel this intense need to over-sexualize myself? Because the truth is, and I don't care who gets mad at me, the truth is hypersexuality comes from something because it's, it's not supposed to be there, right? Like anything hyper, anything overly is not good. Too much of anything is not good. So when you're hypersexualizing yourself, it comes from something. There's a reason. There's a root. And I always tell people before you judge the girl who was hypersexual, oversexualizing herself, just ask her what happened? Where did it come from? What happened to her? Because something had happened to make her feel like that is what she had to do so I want to get into why the sacred truths and knowledge is so lost in the lack of knowledge because that's just a really huge interest to me so a lot of women exploit themselves because to be honest there's so much lack of education and a lot of women just truly don't know how to embody their sexuality right we are all filled with sexual energy I have sexual energy you have sexual energy but nobody is teaching us and sitting down with us about how to truly be in it right when a woman start her first period we don't really get like listen to my podcast I'll link it um about living healing and tracking your cycles when a woman gets her first period right there's not really a embodied talk about how to really care for yourself and love yourself. It's just a simple, here's a pad, here's a tampon. Oh, and don't have sex, right? Because you'll get pregnant. And that's the same way that we treat sex. When a woman begins to feel these things, and like for me, when I began to feel these urges more and more and as a becoming woman, I didn't have parents or I didn't have people around me that... Truly sat me down and said, Hey, like what you feel is so normal and that is so okay. And these are ways that you can really truly embody that. Instead, it was, oh, don't get pregnant, don't have sex with these kind of men, da 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 do do right. And there's no thorough talk with these women. So they begin to um sort of learn their sexuality through porn through social media, through their favorite celebrity. And the truth is, that is not ethical and embodied ways to truly know your sexuality. The thing about our powerful sexuality is it's meant to be fun, it's meant to be joyful, and it's meant to be so fully embodied. When I'm embodying my sexuality I feel so loved and cared for rather than when I'm not embodying it. And when I'm watching porn and I'm I'm finding my sexuality through social media, fashion, I don't feel embodied. I don't like it. I'm not happy because it's just it's not me and it's not what I like to do. Ways that I love to embody my sexuality is through painting writing I love to do sensual dances I love to walk outside and feel the breeze against me and that's my sexuality those are ways that I love to feel within myself but the thing about society is and it used to be like this right like in ancient times this is how a lot of women used to embody their, their um sexuality, but what society did was said, that's not enough. That's not going to get you a man. That's not going to get you what you want, so you need to overly do it because your sexuality isn't enough, so you need to hyper do it. You need to overly do it, and so what a lot of women do is they begin to exploit themselves. They begin to become very provocative, like overly provocative. They begin to engage with certain men because they feel like what I'm doing, right, like walking outside and feeling the breeze and painting and this and that and being just so loved in my sexuality, that is not enough, right? That's not getting me what I want. And the thing about sexual energy is it's creative energy and it comes from a very powerful place called your your womb. So when you are embodying it, it's supposed to feel like a yes it's supposed to feel like a joy it's supposed to feel so warm and you're supposed to feel loved like the amounts of women that came in my dms like i feel so ashamed and i just don't enjoy my sexuality and this and that and this and that like i just don't like looking at my body and i felt so immensely sad for these women because these women is like we're supposed to feel nothing but joy within our sexuality, right? But because a lot of us engage in our sexuality from a standpoint of what society wants, right? Exploiting ourselves and, and putting our sexuality in, in these things, no, you know, our, our boobs and our butt, it don't feel like a yes it just feels like something I'm doing to please men there's nothing wrong with lying your sexuality in these certain places because these are all aspects of women's sexuality right and there is nothing wrong with dropping into that form of sexuality but I'm saying when you overly do it that is when it becomes a problem and so it starts to feel like a uh, no, it starts to feel like something that you just don't like in your soul and I always wonder why like when celebrities will get on stage and they'll sing and they're and like this is woman she's wearing like clothes that are just provocative and nothing wrong with it it's so pretty but she's wearing these clothes and she's dancing a certain way and as soon as she get off stage, you see her in real life, and she's wearing joggers. And these women will always say things like, "That's just not me on stage." Like the person on stage and the person who is like walking right now in joggers those are two different people. And I always found that so intriguing because that's really how it is. Like it don't it don't feel like a a yes. It's something I'm doing as a performance. I'm performing, but truly that's not who I am like that's not what I like that's not me it's not my sexuality there are so many other ways that I love to embody my sexuality not just through this way right and so let's get into let's get into why I don't encourage porn and a lot of people disagree with me about this and I don't care because I will always stand by this. I will always stand by this. And it it took me having to stop watching it for me to realize how much of my sexuality was rooted in hypersexuality, constantly performing for men, wanting validation for men. And not actually knowing how to embody it, not actually knowing the sacred truths around my sexuality. When I stopped watching porn, you guys, I became so enlightened within my sexuality and I became so free and liberated within my sexuality because I didn't have these images, right, of the things that I saw, which was sex, sex, sex. I didn't have those images clouding my brain and so when those images were sort of like removed, I was able to replace it with the things that I found true within myself. And so the I'm not going to argue with people about how bad and awful porn is, especially with the millions of studies out here that proves that porn is ruining our brains. There is no way... You can ethically consume porn and one woman on my TikTok excuse me, she had stitched my um my video where I discussed the dangers of porn and it truly bothered me what she said because she's so harmful and so not true. And she was saying how porn is so normal and we shouldn't condemn men for watching porn and women because it's so normal and it's like porn is the furthest thing from normal there is no way you can ethically consume porn you're literally watching two people and if you do watch it there's there's no shame right like you should be able to admit that you watch it from their work on trying to not watch it that's my thing like when you want to heal your porn addiction I should make a whole video about a podcast episode when you want to heal your pop (laughs) when you want to heal your porn addiction it's very important. It's you're number one aware and you're honest and you're not shaming yourself. And that's that that can lead you into healing it. But back to what, what I was saying, there's no way that you, that you can ethically consume porn. You're constantly thinking and talking about about sex because you're watching it. You're watching two people, right, who are human beings who deserve love, respect and kindness. They are human beings just like you, you're watching these two people engage sexually, you do not know these people, and you are stimulating your genitals to that, right, and I always hear, like, so many people on my comments were like, well, I'm just getting off to them, you know why you're saying that, you're saying that because you're not actually viewing them as human, you're viewing them as consumables, Right. Which is why you're like, I'm just getting off to them or my husband can watch them. It's just porn. Yeah, because you have completely taken away their humanity, their their sovereignty. You you've taken that away from them, because at this point, while you're watching porn, there's absolutely no way that you're viewing them as human who is equally deserving of love as you. You see them as less than. You're seeing them as a consumable. There's this is no different than how a baby looks at a rattle, right? Like this rattle is just something I pick up. I play with because I just want to I just want to feel joyful. I'm going to put it down at some point. Right, that that rattle is not a human being; it's an object, and that is the same way that you're viewing people in porn. So when you're watching porn, you are looking at these people from a standpoint of you're not human; you're less than me, which is why my man can watch you because I don't see you as human. He don't see you as human. You're just a consumable. When these people are in fact human beings who are very, very worthy of love and respect. And I'm a very strong believer in always, always support the sex worker, but I will not support the sex work, if that makes sense, right? Like, I do not support the porn industry. I don't support the OnlyFans industry. like I don't support that, but I will always support the, the sex worker who is in that industry, I will always give so much love and respect to that sex worker, and you should as well because these people are human just like you. Porn breeds hypersexuality, it isn't empowering. And I don't know when the society had said, Oh, porn can be empowering and porn can be liberating. I don't know where that came from, but that is so untrue. And it was a lot of women literally arguing with me. And something I would love to take up on is, and I love this point that Earth to Gazelle made on her her YouTube. I will link it in my bio. But she said, the thing about modern, um, modern feminism is it, it reaffirms these patriarchal, conditions and standards we we condemn men for being weak and being misogynistic and we tell these women you know hey these are patriarchal but we at the same time then promote things like porn and it's like you're once again reaffirming the patriarchy porn breeds and is meant to cater to the male gaze that is what porn is created for it's created for men's enjoyment men's pleasure and a lot of women was arguing like no you can watch it this way or you could watch it this way and the truth of the matter is you guys just stop watching it you cannot ethically consume porn you just can't. You're not seeing people as human. And the reason why you're so hypersexual is because when you're watching that, right, the images of sex is clouding your brain. So all you have in your brain is just those images of sex. So your conversations is always about sex. You're thinking about sex 24-7 and there's nothing wrong with always thing about sex as I do as very sensual people but you know in what form I'm talking about it's in a very obsessive form and the reason why is because you're watching porn porn is affecting the way that you even show up in the bedroom right especially for men men begin to expect more of their woman and then giving less of themselves so He's, and a lot of women was surprised and said this, like, yes, he is comparing you to the women that he is watching. So when you guys are having sex, he's expecting you to do all these tricks and these moves and these backflips because he's watching these women who are doing those things. So he's either subconsciously or consciously, without even realizing it, he's comparing you to the women that he watches and then what you do in return as a porn watcher you're performing in the bedroom so a lot of women was like well I learned a lot of things from porn and that may be true right like as a person I had a long time addiction with porn almost a decade so yes like I can say that is true like you do you know learn a few things but also too I saw myself performing like in the bedroom. I'm not in my body. Like I'm not in here. I'm acting like the porn star that either he or me was watching. I'm moaning like them. I'm talking like them. I'm literally embodying the porn star, but I'm not in my body. Like I know that this is not me. Back to my singer on the stage reference, like, When I get off that stage, I'm a totally different person. And right now, while I'm having sex with this guy, I'm on stage, I'm performing, and I'm acting as if I'm in a porn video. And then what these men do who are also watching porn, they become violent, they become rough, they become careless, and they expect so much more of you. And porn is just ruining and it's distorting the way that you view your sexuality, sex, and other sexuality. And you become this person who begins to form these kinks. And the thing is, these kinks aren't yours, right? Now, for some people, it may actually be theirs. But I'm talking the perspective of someone who watches porn. You're forming these kinks, right? And this is something that I had to grow up know within myself. Like, I think I was into bondage. I was into BDSM. And I thought I was into a whole lot of other stuff. And when I stepped back from porn, when I stopped watching it, I saw myself and I thought also I was into threesomes, but I saw myself after I stopped watching porn, I was like, I don't really like these things. Like, these are not even my kings. It came from the fact that I was watching porn. And then when I would go to school, I would engage with men from a very hyper sexualized place because we would both watch porn. So we were literally embodying this porn star every single time we was interacting with each other. And so, yeah, back to the kink thing, when I realized when I stepped back from porn and I came deep in my sexuality, I realized I am a monogamous woman who wants marriage with only one man. I like sex with one man and I like to have my body rubbed and kissed and touched in a very sensual, soft way by my husband. I want to be married and no I'm not into be harsh BDSM I'm not into um this and that I'm not into threesomes I don't actually want threesomes so now I was with my ex I would tell him stuff like yeah I would, I mean I would be down for a threesome but the truth was that was not actually my true sexuality and I talked so much more in depth about this on my podcast called celibacy and authentic sexuality when I realized that I was acting out of my body. I was like, hold on. Like, I am i don't actually like threesomes, but because I was trying to please men and I was in this very hypersexual place, right? I would do anything just for validation and acceptance. And so this is why I just do not encourage porn. And which is why I always tell women, when you are wanting to thrive in this hypersexual culture, take porn out of your routine and when you do come back to me and I swear to God you will be singing you will be singing a whole nother tune because the sexuality that you have formed around your porn watching is so different from the deep loving embodied sexuality that you really hold inside and number two another way that we can thrive in this very hypersexual culture is Cutting down on outside fluences. So, this is what I mean. So, social media, my work is mainly also on social media. Like, I'm a content creator. My biggest platform is TikTok, and I'm building more on Instagram. So, you can always just tell that I'm always on social media as I am trying to build an online presence and build my following. I'm always posting, I'm always interacting, but. Um, before I got into this space where I'm in a very healthy place with social media, like I actually really love social media because I learned how to engage in it from a very embodied standpoint. Before then, I was engaging in social media from a very disempowered and just weak way. Like I just did not... Um, like social media because I always felt so disempowered within it and so before I came to the space of embodiment with it I had to cut down on certain influence so let's discuss the BBL movement so about a, a very powerful trend that that happened on social media not too long ago was the BBL movement and the way that this that this movement influenced so many women was just ridiculous so the BBL movement was, was at its peak which was not that long ago I was highly influenced by it. As a very petite girl, I'm petite in the Black community. I feel like hypersexuality plagues a lot of women in my community because there's so much expectation from, from us, right? Like, if you're a petite girl like me, like if you're skinny, you have to be thick in order to get guys, and that's so not true. Um, you can be yourself, you can be who you are and still be as desired and worthy, worthy of love and respect. But during the BBL movement, I felt so low and disempowered in my body so much. So I was convinced that I was going to go get one. i was going to save up my money and i was going to fly up to Miami and I'm going to get my BBL until I realized, wait a minute, let me step out of this hypersexual state that I'm in. And when I did that, I realized, like, I don't actually want BBL. I don't want when you are getting surgery in areas like your breasts in in your in your butt. Right. You are. I don't like to say calling for attention. If you hear something in the background, ignore it. I don't like to say calling for attention because I never like to say things like that. But these things do draw certain attention right from particularly men. And so I realized the reason why I was wanting to get a BBL was because I just wanted attention. Like, I wanted to be liked and validated and accepted by men. But that wasn't actually my true self. I don't actually want a big, voluptuous butt. And some women do. Like, some women would say, like, hey, this BBL was for me. So it just depends on the person. Like, for me, that's just not for me. And the BBL movement was bringing me further away from my sexuality it was actually making me more hypersexual seeing women on the internet post bodies that look very similar to mine and then saying I just didn't like my body so I got me a BBL it made me feel very low like so there's something wrong with my body should I get one too and this is why I just don't I encourage like especially when I have my children I'm just not gonna let them get on social media like I want them to be able to come fully in their beings They'll probably get on social media when they're around around like 17, 18, because I really want them to spend their preteen years in those years just forming a sense of self before they get on social media. Because when you just don't have that sense of self, when you're a young girl and you're starting your period and you're coming, you're coming into your sexuality and you're on social media, it's just a very hard time. It's, It's very hard trying to navigate like, what is true and what is not, what is mine and what is theirs, what is for me and what is not for me, because you're still learning so many aspects about yourself. And so, the BBL movement, it just, it it sort of brought so many women from what I saw out of alignment with themselves, so many women I would see, and after the BBL movement, you know, kind of died down, whatever, I don't, I don't mean like how women bodies are treated as trans, but a lot of women began to take out their BBLs or like, I regret having this BBL. I wish I never got it. And it's because when they were choosing to get that BBL, they were in very hypersexual disempowered places with it, right? It wasn't empowered. It wasn't embodied. Instead, it was from a place of Hmm, maybe I will get intention hmm, this is the new trend let me hop on it right but it's not embodied it's not it doesn't feel like a full body yes it feels like a no but again that performance you're performing and so you get this BBL right and you soon regret it compared to the girl who probably did get the BBL and she still loves it you know it's because when she got it it was a it was in a very embodied place like I really want to get this done to my body this is what I excuse me this is what I want I'm standing on this compared to the girl who's just getting it because I just want attention or I want validation I want this and that so when you are making those decisions I just feel like social media just can be a very just a thing and cutting down on certain influences really help like for me when it come down to women rap especially in this very over sexualized culture I do believe and do not yell at me, y'all. <laughs> I know it's, it's common. I just, there was a time and I listened to lots of women rap, and rap in general for men and women. Let me not just say women's rap. There was a time that I was really influenced by rap culture, and I realized that this culture of rap was moving me Further from uh, from alignment with my sexuality, I realize that a lot of rap music today, from women and men, just does not make me feel embodied. I just do not like it. A lot of people are gonna get mad like I you was for women empowerment. I am for women empowerment. I will always encourage and love women, but there is also times I will also hold women accountable and men accountable. Like I will also be very. I'm very. Um, As much as I love to encourage and hype my women, I also do not, do not mind holding accountable. And so I realized how much of this rap music was just not bringing me in alignment with my sexuality. It did not make me feel confident. Like people would say, when I listen to this certain rap song, it made me feel confident. But for me, it was the opposite. It was like, this does not make me feel good. This rap music, this rap artist, right... She he is not making me feel good. Like I don't like it. And so when it came to me thriving in this culture, it took me having to say, Okay, I'm not gonna be as as in this culture. I'm not going to be as participating in this culture. I can clap from them on the sidelines, you know, ooh, ooh, that's a good song. But I'm not gonna be following their social medias, trying to see what they're up to because this rap artist just do not make me feel embodied. It's so the thing about women's rap is, right? And this is very, very true for um, especially Black women artists. I notice how it's always like they're over-sexualized and they're hyper-sexualized. And I think this adds on to lots of the hypersexuality that's amongst Black women amongst us. I think that it's because of the music. It's because the artists that we see who are being pushed, they're always hypersexual, always overly sexual. And so a lot of these black women do. They listen to these artists. They look up to these artists. And they begin to take their sexuality as their own and so when it came down to thriving it was very important for me to set that boundary to cut down on it like hey I love her music but the way that she expresses herself or the way that she does it and it's not my favorite like I, like, I just don't like it I can support her music I can stream it, I can download it, but the way that she's expressing herself is just not for me, and it's not making me feel embodied. So it's important, right? Even with today's fashion, like for some people, today's fashion may not be what brings you to embodiment, like seeing those, those bodies and seeing how they only promote this certain body that may not be for you right like that may not be what makes you feel embodied so because it's a trend right To like a woman like Gigi Hadid or Bella Hadid or a BBL fashion because there's these and these, these things are a trend that does not mean that you have to follow it you can still set that boundary and be like hey This does not make me feel empowered when I see these women, when I see this kind of fashion, I don't feel good. So I'm going to set this boundary so I can thrive in today's culture. So I find a lot of women, including myself, like even nowadays, I still have to catch myself. If I'm scrolling social media, I still have to sometimes say like, okay, let me take a stand back because I'm feeling myself beginning to spiral, beginning to compare. I'm seeing this woman and um i'm beginning to kind of take on what she has going for herself for me and we're just two different people so it's important that you're not being influenced by outside channels and a lot of young girls are influenced by outside channels right they go on social media and they're seeing these these different type of women and they're influenced by it so it's important that you set boundaries on social media, cutting down on time. I'm, hey, I'm gonna give myself 15 minutes of scrolling time, and then I'm logging off. Right, instead of just mindlessly scrolling. sometimes it is very hard to catch yourself. But when you feel yourself like, hey, I've been on here for a little too long. Let me just go do like let me break up this stagnant energy. With go, I'm gonna go. Just, I'm gonna just go paint. I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna go and um cook something. Let me call my mother. Let me call my dad. Let me call somebody you know who I love. Um, just breaking up that stagnant energy, because that's what it is. That's why you're mindlessly scrolling, because you have so much stagnant energy within. So um, break that up by just going by, by just doing something like taking a walk outside, jogging, working out. Those things really help me tremendously. So before I continue the list, I would love to mention the goddesses within ourselves. So the thing is, when we dance and when we sing and when we feast and when we and when we make music, right, this is how we worship our bodies. These are ways that we can feel so holy and sacred within our bodies. And I want to mention this there are so many different spectrums of women's sexuality. So there's this page that I follow on Instagram and I forgot what it's called, but I will mention it in my bio. And the posts are very sexy. Like the women are wearing less clothes, bikini pictures, and they're posing these very um like sexy ways and it's, but you can tell it's very embodied. So let me make this make sense, right? You can tell when a woman is posing for male gaze compared to a woman who is very embodied within her pose. And again, these women, right, are both taking bikini pictures. They're both showing their butt. They're both showing their boobs. But you can tell which one is male gazed and which one is for themselves, right? Like nowadays, me and I take pictures. Do I I still take bikini pictures? Yes. Do I still sometimes pose and my cleavage is out? Or I'm um, kind of showing off a little bit of my curves. Yes, like, yes. But it's very different than how I was doing it a year ago, two years ago, when I was doing it to please a man for male gaze. Nowadays, it's very embodied. It still feels like me. It still feels like something that I love. I'm posting it because this is what I like. This feels like a yes, yes, yes for me instead of a... I'm doing it for him, I'm doing it for her, I'm doing it for society, but uh, I really don't like this picture. I'm just going to post it because I know it's going to get a lot of likes. That's not what I'm doing. Instead, it's like, hey, I don't care if I get two likes on this. I just love, I just freaking love this photo of myself, right? Like, I just love how I look. I love how my body looks. I love... The way that um that that my curves look like I just love it so so much. It's embodied. It's joyful. It's fun. And mention that Instagram. Like those girls, they look so joyful. They're embodied. Nobody is forcing them. Nobody is trying no one trying to look for validation. It's so embodied and it's artful. It's beautiful. It looks like art. It looks like a creation. It looks like goddess. Like it look it gives goddess energy. And that's what I move towards like from this male gaze. Like I don't wanna be seen as me I don't want to be seen as a thing for uh, a thing for men to enjoy like I really don't care I love to be seen in the eyes of a goddess and the eyes of a beautiful sacred woman in her holy temple those are ways that I love to present myself so I want to mention that because there are so many goddesses and feminine architects feminine archetypes within women's sexuality so when discussing hypersexuality understand that I'm addressing the form of sexuality that is overly like like you're overly doing it you're hyper within it but no way am I dissing a form of sexuality because there's so many of them and all of them are beautiful and all of them I have sacredly explored right so let's get to number three so number 3 when you when it comes down to wanting to thrive in this hypersexual culture it's important it, it's important that you're not engaging with weak men and men who are also hypersexual and men who just lack sexual discipline. I'm going to tie in number 5 no number 4 with this celibacy and celibacy has literally changed my life. So I find that a lot of hypersexuality is breeded from the fact that a lot of women will allow themselves to engage with harmful men who are weak within their own sexuality. And so let me tell you a personal story of mine. So when I was in high school, I've engaged with multiple, multiple men. Like there's a time, you guys, when I was very different from how I am now. I engaged with probably like 10 men at a time. And I would send all of them nudes. Now, this kind of goes with the question that a girl asked me because she was like, she didn't believe that she was that she was worthy of love and she feels so ashamed and she, um, I hope that she's listening because she was in my Instagram DMs and she has said, like, I sent nudes and I'm still a virgin and I just feel like I'm just not worthy of love. Like, how can I ever break this, right? And the truth is... It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what sexual past you had. I don't care if you was a sex worker, a porn star. You are still so worthy of love. And it came down to healing my sexuality. It was about telling myself, like, I am still worthy of love it doesn't matter my sexual past um the things that I've did my experiences I am still worthy of a good man of a good future of a good life I am still deserving of joy and I forgive myself and a lot of reasons why a lot of women hold on so much shame about their their sexual past and speaking from experiences because they hold on to this shame about what they've been through when honestly it doesn't matter how many people that you slept with and what you did you are still worthy right so back to my my story I would send all of these men news of myself pictures I would talk sexually with them and the reason being was because I wanted to be accepted. All through middle school and elementary school, I always had a hard time with trying to find where I stand and my desirability, and am I pretty, am I ugly, because no one's looking at me, and I was always made fun of. I was very harshly bullied, so when I got to high school, and like the first guy, I still remember him. When he first gave me attention, the first ounce of just sexual attention, I just completely fell for it because it was my first time actually feeling a sort of desirability. So when I got that, that's when I began to build something off of that that desirability to keep it because I felt like that was the only way for me to be deemed as attractive and wantish. So I began to become like this this very sexual object this person who was just a sexual kitten and so whenever a guy wanted to see my body he would text me i would send it and i didn't like it like it never felt like a full body yes i just knew i was doing it for them it was not for me It felt like a no and it was so depressing and sad for me and I just wish that somebody would have hugged my high school self instead of being so quick to judge me because that's what I had like when people found out and when I was exposed for it a lot of people shamed me and they would just call me dirty and disgusting and not pure and stuff like that and so I grew up with just this shame against myself. So I began to carry this thing of I am not worthy of love. And for years and years and years, I found myself in this very toxic cycle with dealing with men who would reaffirm that belief, who would validate that belief of me not being worthy of love, that, that belief of me no, not being worthy. And so I engaged with men who were very sexual who did not have sexual discipline who were also very um harmful within their sexuality and I would engage with these men and these men would validate me they would exploit me they would never make me feel good they made me feel good only in the bedroom like you know treat me as if I'm a porn star but other than that these men did not make me feel like a full body yes like I remember telling myself the other night and I had do like a sacred dance and I just touched my body. And as, as you guys know, I am celibate and I just touched my body. I did this very sacred dance. I never penetrated myself, but I was just really just feeling into my body in a very sensual and erotic way. And when I got done, I felt so sexy within my being. And I asked myself why did I not get wet really when I was with my ex-boyfriend? Because as you guys know, I I was just in a relationship a few months ago. And I would remember when we had sex, I was not getting wet. Like I was just not getting fully wet and turned on. And I would wonder like, why am I not getting fully wet and turned on? And the reason being is because he was sort of He only understood the form of sexuality that that came in button boobs and penetration and my my sexuality just goes far beyond that right like I don't just get wet from that like that just does not penetration alone just does not get me wet like I I could really care less. I want to be seen even when I'm outside and I'm just feeling the wind and I'm looking at the trees. Can you see me when I'm cooking meals and I'm really feeling joyful? Can you see me when I am outside and I'm just walking around and I'm just meditating with spirit? Can you see me when I am reading a book and writing poetry? These are ways where I'm really turned on. Like In those moments, those are the moments that i'm really turned on like i really feel my most sensual and my most powerful my sexuality in those moments i don't like penetration is a form of it you know like or my 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 butt and my boobs but that is like the that's like 10 percent of The things that makes me really feel turned on and so I would ask myself like am I wrong for not getting wet am I am I less of a woman for not getting wet am I this am I that and I would feel so ashamed and the reason was like I just there was just so much more depth like I needed more than just you touching me on my butt I need more than you just kissing me on my neck I need more than that. I need you to, when I'm meditating, speak affirming words to me. Feed my spirit with love. And I didn't feel that, right? So in the bedroom, my womb would respond in this way of like, I'm not going to get wet. I don't want to feel sexual. I don't want to embody the sexuality because I just don't feel safe here. You're not seeing me, right? And so a lot of women carry so much shame with their sexuality is because they're not learning how to really listen to their true body's medicine and my true body's medicine when I was not getting wet I was just not fully enjoying it when I was having sex I'm performing at like the porn star we're both watching and it it made me this hypersexual person but when I stepped out of that relationship I realized like wait a minute The reason why I was not getting wet, I was not getting turned on, was because it was my body's way of telling me, I need more. I need more. This is just not enough, right? Like, you touching me on my boobs is not going to get, like, that's just not enough, right? Like, woo, okay, wow. Okay, can you, like, let's paint together, you know? Feed my spirit. And so let's learn how to release that shame because I see a lot of women do that they go through these hypersexual periods in their lives and they they walk around they carry it with them everywhere they go and when you don't release that shame you will find yourself in certain toxic relationships because you're with men who will reaffirm that for you and that's what I did like I, I found myself in relationships with men who only reaffirmed those beliefs and this podcast episode is going to be long and which is why it kind of took me a while to release it because I just needed so much time to gather information but yes that that's what kept me in a cycle just dealing with weak men but the moment that I said I will no longer attach myself to this shame i'm going to find my sexuality outside of this over sexualization was the moment that i began meeting like-minded men um who was in a who was in alignment with me men who would look at me and be like i see you like okay who cares about all that right like i just love your spirit i love your soul i want to get to know you more I want to get to know you beyond just your boobs and your ass. I want to get to know you more beyond what you can do in the bedroom because what you can do in the bedroom is is not even the equal amount to what your soul can can provide and what your soul has within. Right? And so many women they place their sexualities on things that they can do in the bedroom but they don't realize that our sexuality goes far beyond the bedroom right like I that's a place where I can't express it but understand I can embody my sexuality in so many places so I really hope that answered the person who was in my instagram dm's question you would you have to let go of that shame there's no shame right like you have to see your eyes in this in this inner child who was just begging for love and validation during that time. Like when I was sending nudes, like I had like a whole Snapchat, like right? a private Snapchat, and I would have nothing but guys in there, and I would just post sexy pictures of myself, like these sexual pictures of myself. And I had so much shame around that past, but the thing was. When I began to see myself in the eyes of a child who was just needing love and validation and, and acceptance, that was the that was the way that, that was the way and that was the time when I released it. Cause I realized it was just my inner child begging for love and validation because I kept ignoring her. And so she began to act out. And that's what that inner child does. It will act out if you ignore it. If you ignore those shadows, those shadows will come out. And that's what you don't want. You don't want to suppress it. And we're going to eventually move into that. But yeah, and also going through abuse and with these with these weak men, because these weak men do that? They will abuse you. They will sexually harm you. They will exploit you. And that will further your hypersexuality. So when you want to heal and you want to thrive in this cultural over-sexualization, it's so important that you say and lay that boundary of saying, I will not engage with you. You are the kind of men that I will never, ever give my body to or even talk to right and this kind of ties in my celibacy point number four celibacy led me to that when I began to become celibate there's no penetration there's no guy around there's it's just me it allowed me to set these boundaries because I'm not afraid to be alone and a lot of hypersexuality comes from this fear of being abandoned attachment issues abandonment issues right especially amongst women but through through celibacy I heal those things, right? So now I'm not afraid to be alone. So I can be within my own sexuality comfortably and peacefully because I'm not afraid of myself. I'm not afraid of my solitude. But a lot of women will self abandon to meet the needs of these these very harmful men. But when I became celibate, I no longer felt that need. I don't want I will stay celibate for as long as I have to. I don't want but I don't, I don't want to engage with these men. If there's a choice between engage with this man who is very harmful, lack sexual discipline, or be celibate for the next 10 years. Now, I hope not. Like, I <laughs> I hope not. Like, I don't want to be celibate for the next 10 years. But I will make that hard decision of of sticking around for 10 more years because I, that boundary is now so strong. I just, I don't want to ever engage with those kind of men that I engaged with back in high school, ever. They were harmful. They would, they were sexually abusive. And so a lot of women are in these hypersexual places in their life because they're dealing with these men who are abusive, who are abusive. And it's, and it's reaffirming those beliefs. So I just highly recommend when wanting to thrive, like just look into celibacy, especially when you've been through lots and loads of trauma. I always encourage a period of just celibacy. It's important that you go through this period just cleansing yourself sexually and healing your sexuality and healing yourself because celibacy literally heals every aspect of my feminine. So let's step into point number five. So buying clothes and wearing the things that make you feel deeply embodied. And this is rearranging your wardrobe. And this is the reason why. So I, my wardrobe before, like my wardrobe now is so different from where it was two years ago. And they were doing it for male gaze my wardrobe back then i was doing it for male gaze was very just full of just stuff that i really didn't even like it was full of just tight jeans that did that did not make me feel comfortable full of just these tight shirts that did not make me feel good but the more I stepped into my sexuality and my womanhood, my wardrobe, my fashion began to change with it too. So now I wear these long skirts. They're, they're flowy, they're comfortable. I wear loose fitted pants. I wear these loose fitted crop tops and not saying tight clothes is wrong because I still do have my tight clothing in here, but it's a different way of embodiment, right? When I wear those tight clothes, It's not, excuse me, it's not because I'm trying to get attention. It's because I really just love this outfit. Like, my clothes make me feel so deeply embodied in my womanhood. So, I just highly encourage, like, it's a little, just a little point, a fun point, when you want to heal your sexuality it's important that you buy clothes and I know people like what's the point of buying clothes clothes really do help you embody so many things and I just found myself really being so like just embodying who I am in my clothes like in each statement in each statement each top and each bottom that I wear It just describes a person of just who I am in that moment, right? Like this dress that I'm looking at right now. This dress made me feel so sensual, so divine, so sacred compared to this tight dress that I wore two years ago that made, that made me feel like an object for men. So when you want to heal your your sexuality and want to thrive in this culture of, of over-sexualization, it's important that you know the the clothes that you really want to wear. Like, what are the clothes that you really love? take out the need to please men the meet the need to please this 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 fashion industry or whatever what do you like what is your style right what do you want to buy and it's about looking at stores that carries those items like what are the stores that you really love right what stores do you support what stores do you not support right so I just feel that that's just so important. And so we're going to mention number six, my last point, and that is my biggest point, understanding your anger and your trauma around your sexuality. So when it comes down to hypersexuality, it it comes from somewhere. There's a root there, right? There's a root underneath that sexuality. And so the thing about it is for women, when we ignore our anger and suppress our anger and when we suppress these these immense these emotional feelings within those things eventually burst out into different things for some women they express their anger through ac- alcohol through some women they, they express their anger through drugs through dealing with different men and for me and for a lot of other women we expressed our anger through hypersexuality and So the thing is we were angry people traumatized hurt but because we were not giving that hurt and attention that hurt and and that in that that traumatizing feeling attention it birthed itself into something else right because that anger does not go away it just it just um manifests into something else and so it manifests into hypersexuality for us and so the reason why I felt this need to be hypersexual because I felt ignored, abused, and rejected. So I did it as a form of rebellion. I was angry. I was like, I was ignored, I was rejected. So I'm going to become hypersexual because I am deeply angry. And this is also true for the girl who maybe was raped. And so she's like, I'm going to sleep with different men, right? Because this is I talking to multiple Women who haven't experienced this, they would tell me like I would sleep with different men after that. And I found myself in these cycles of abuse with these men because I was trying to reclaim my power. Right. But really, I was just deeply angry, traumatized and hurt me. I grew up watching porn at a very young age. I felt my childhood was taken away from me that my hypersexuality was a was a response to that anger that I really felt with them. So when you want to heal your hypersexuality, it's important that you give that anger and you understand that anger. Never suppress that. Underneath that anger, because anger is always a telling emotion, the underneath emotions that lies within the real ones. And really what I felt was sad and traumatized and betrayed and hurt hurt that my childhood was taken away from me by watching porn I was hurt that I was sexually assaulted I was hurt that I had went through so many forms of abuse and so that hypersexuality was just a trauma response because I was ignoring myself in the process right and what I don't what I do not like what I hate about the society is they will tell these women that what they're doing is liberating and empowering we're not liberated we're not empowered we're not confident were hurt when I see a woman and maybe she's just acting very provocatively she's she's acting out and she's just posting like these very provocative images on social media nothing wrong but you can just tell when it's for male gaze I'm not judging her I'm not saying ew I'm saying what happened right what happened I'm not saying, yeah, girl, go slay queen. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what happened. Because judging her, right? Like there's both ends of the spectrum. Judging her is just as wrong as hyping her. Do not hype her nor judge her. Let's talk to her. Let's let's express our empathy and let's sit down and ask, right? Hyping her, saying, Yeah, this is confident. This is not confident she's traumatized and so I just don't like how this generation especially modern day feminism has turned this thing into a thing of empowerment like she's empowered and it's like no she's not and I'm thinking from experience when I was seeing news to multiple men there were women around me like yeah girl you're confident I just love how you love your body like no I hate it no I'm not confident and for many sex workers this is true for them right like I've spoken with sex workers and they will tell you that there was a There was a root reason why they got into sex work. They felt like they had to do it. They felt like, like this was my only option. The thing with sex work and hypersexuality, these women usually have bigger problems than just being um insecure. We have rape, molestation, abuse, assault. These women are usually going through things so much more bigger than just being insecure and low self-esteem yeah that's somewhat of it but these women are usually women who are victims of rape and i just don't like how this society treated treat continue to treat these women especially these women need so much love and care and they, they deserve nothing but joy right and so it was about understanding the girl who was maybe just sexually assaulted, and that's true for me, will engage with different men as a way to reclaim her power, but really, she's just reaffirming her trauma. The girl who was exposed, her news was exposed, like me, for example, right? She may start her on OnlyFans, or she may start a private Snapchat where she just posts herself all day provocatively because she's trying to reclaim her power because she felt she felt like that power taken away from her when she was exposed so her mindset is well maybe if i expose myself if i do it to myself then i reclaim my power not understanding she's only reaffirming it the real way she reclaims her power is by setting up boundaries healing her sexual shame and and learning to forgive herself that's how you really heal from this stuff but participating in toxic feminism because that's what it is it's toxic feminism hyping up these ladies and 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 shaming this and shaming, but we're gonna hype it's like no that's toxic these women need love hyping them up is not love you need to sit these women down talk to them no one is talking to them no one talked to me No one did. I was either judged for it or I was wrongly hyped. Let's stop hyping and and judging. And let's finally have the conversation, right? And so I just find that when healing my, my hypersexuality, I had to find the root of that anger. And I had to realize that my hypersexuality was nothing more than a trauma response. But it was not really who I was. My my hypersexuality was just what I used as rebellion. You know, you you guys ignore me, you guys resent me. Let me show you this. You know, it was rebellion, and this stuff runs so deep. But I do know for sure. Hypersexuality is not coming from an empowered place. Like I said, there are so many more. There are so many spectrums of a woman's sexuality. So many different archetypes and versions and forms. All of them are beautiful, especially when they are embodied. They're embodying the goddess of Athena, or, you know, Athena, and they're embodying these goddesses, right? Like, it's so beautiful. But when these women are not sure how to embody, when they're not embodying it, that is when they become hypersexual because they're, they're not aligned with their true sexuality. And your true sexuality, it will lie beyond just your body. It will lie beyond just what you can do in a bedroom to men. Your true sexuality lies beyond these things, right? my sexuality I had to learn for myself my sexuality lies beyond than just what I can give to men in society my sexuality is for me it's for me to enjoy it's for me to love I love who I am this is me okay I'm not gonna overly do it I'm not gonna hyper do it for nobody this is for me and so I want all women to come into this embodied space with their sexuality and learn to release so sh- so much shame. And um, I hope that I answer a lot of y'all's questions because I did. And I just cr- I had cramps, so I had to pop it if you heard it. But um, I hope that I, I answered a lot of y'all's questions because I, I tied so many of y'all questions in with the points that I made. And so I just really, really hope that I answered y'all questions And if I didn't, I am so sorry, but yes, I'm just so happy that I made this podcast episode and I really hope that it helped. I really hope you guys learned something. I'm going to end it here. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Let's make sure that we leave reviews on my Apple and my Spotify. Please, please, please leave your reviews on Apple and Spotify leave your reviews also go support my sponsors v's hidden gems and psych excuse me psychos journal my code is sacred sharp both you get 10 percent off on so let's make sure that we're supporting the sponsors writing reviews i love you guys so so much thank you for tuning in i will see you in the next podcast episode